This is the Yay, I'm Reg Clay. Crystal Brown. <laughs> and this is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. <laughs> As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jan's Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. We want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And our guest excuse me, guest host is Crystal Brown. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> thank you, Raj. Yeah, you, uh, you, I think we've had you on once, and then you were on the uh, my other podcast, Black in the Bay. Yes. We were talking about George Floyd and all that stuff, and uh, luckily we, you know... We don't have to deal with still racism in America. We saw no, we saw racism actually. Oh, is that right? That's what happened. Well, we've gone from one crisis to another. You know, I've been listening to the January sixth, the insurrection hearings all day today. So fun times, (laughs) right? Exactly. In any case, we have a fantastic guest, Jake Gleason. Jake, how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm great. How are you? Doing good. I I want you to pull your uh, mic just a little bit closer. How's this? Yeah, that's great. Um, You and I, we've we've been having a lot of fun uh, um, rehearsals for It's Only a Play at the Altarina. That's right. We have. Yeah. Where you're uh, Sir Frank Finger and I am, um, what am I, Peter? You're Peter Austin. (laughs) Right, exactly. It's such a good name. Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) It is very, very cool. Um, so, uh, Pete, how, how are you? I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> Jake, how are you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful day. It is. It's a wonderful day. And it's, it's a really awesome setup that you have here. Yeah. 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 I love my, uh, um, for those listening, there's a <laughs> huge screen in front of me right now. <laughs> yeah. This used to be a television screen. I don't watch television anymore. Yeah. My cable box is completely gone. I mean, I still have Xfinity. I use it mainly for the internet. But uh, television, I... There's no point. There's yeah. no point. I don't have a TV either. I have computer. Yeah. So this used to be my TV. Now it's my uh, monitor. But yeah, I have that and I have my uh, little Behringer. You know, I'm a bit of an audiophile. My dad was an audiophile. This is back, this is back in the day where he had the... Um, he had like a, a reel-to-reel. And, oh, wow. Uh, he had the 8-track and then it came the cassette players and... You know, like there's like there used to be a stereo system. I don't know if anyone has stereo systems. Everyone has Bluetooth now. <laughs> I'm sure that exists somewhere. In yeah. Something. <laughs> Do you know? I might still have a boombox in my closet. Yeah. I mean, did your mom or dad ever have like the uh, a stereo system? They did actually. They had a record player. Yeah. And they had speakers that actually had slabs of wood. Yeah. On the yeah. Speakers. Yeah. 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 They were like furniture. Yeah. Oh. It's funny, I was teaching some kids and uh, I had a teacher set up an escape room for them mm-hmm. and they had to do all these, like, touch all these gadgets and they came to the cassette player uh-huh. and he said it was really hilarious trying to, watching these 11-year-olds <laughs> try to figure out how to work the cassette player and the cassette because they literally had no idea. They were oh like, didn't know, like, they t- apparently took out the tape and were just like, what is this? And, play- and then they didn't, like, they put it in wrong yeah. and just completely lost <laughs> And he was oh, like, "This is how you work it, okay, guys." And the concept of putting a nickel on the uh, the the damn what is it called the, uh, the jukebox? No, not the jukebox. It's the um, <laughs> no, that's really old. <laughs> the the head, the player, to keep it from jumping. Oh, I didn't have to do that. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> What yeah. player did you have? <laughs> okay, so I'm sorry. I'm a record player. Oh. You have the record player. Like, you have the record player. You have the head. And if you have a, a dirty record, then the needle. 
That's what jump. I'm trying to say. Oh, the all right. Topsy, all put right. a nickel on the needle, <laughs> on top of the needle, this. to keep it from jumping. Oh. That's just how. Oh, it adds a little bit of weight to it. <laughs> right, I see. Exactly. Could you not clean the record? You can clean the record, but sometimes you don't know if it's dirty until it jumps. Oh, so that's like the test. <laughs> right, exactly. I remember doing a show. We were doing Stories High at Bendelstiff, and I, I, we had a, um, a, a rotary telephone. And I asked the actors, have you guys ever used a rotary in your life? And they were like, no. And I'm like, damn, I'm the, only, I'm the oldest one here. <laughs> So but to be that's, fair, you were really young when you used the rotary, right? <laughs> yes, I was. I was Wing, very young. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> in any case, uh, there have been some, some current events. <clears throat> the insurrection hearing continues. Today, Steve Mannon was convicted yes. of, uh, yeah. of uh, avoiding his subpoena. I don't know if it means anything. Oh, wow. you know, I don't know if this is just a... Uh, a kabuki theater thing where the Democrats <laughs> trying to embarrass the Republicans. It may be a strategy to stop people from thinking of voting for Trump because he's he's definitely going to run again in 2020. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Although Pence, he, he's thinking of running too. So I, I don't know if this is... If this is just kabuki theater, or if, this, if there's going to be some real tangible things that'll come out of this, I feel like 2024 is going to be a crazy year. Yeah, like it's 20, going to be so wild. It's going to be insane. Personally, I hope the rumors are true and that aliens will come before <laughs> that, and then that way we can be like, who cares about the election? Right, but right. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping on, guys. Because otherwise, yeah. I have no faith in this country. Right I really now. hope that too. <laughs> Thank you for instilling that hope. In Wouldn't me. that be so much better? Yeah. than an actual American election. <laughs> or if somebody, or if Biden rips off his mask and he's the Uh-oh. alien. He's oh, yeah. the alien. <laughs> but it's so sad. I mean, I have friends who are not in America, and I tell them, oh, oh America's wonderful, USA's wonderful, and <laughs> now I've got to sort of explain myself, like, no, democracy really exists. It's okay. Jake, Jake, do you have any, I don't know, a hot take on what's going on? I don't know if you catch up into politics or anything You know, like that. I, a friend of mine I was catching up with the other day mentioned that the hearings were on today, mm-hmm. and I had it on my to-do list to flip that on, and I didn't. Yeah. Um, you, you didn't really miss I, anything. You know, I, I get, <laughs> I, every time I pay attention to the hearings, I get disappointed. Yeah. yeah. They bring out some new evidence, or there's going to be some big thing that's going to crack the case and it's going to put Trump away and and it just ends up getting what was the last thing a few weeks ago there was this big well I mean there was a um, this woman who I guess was oh a, they had uh, the star witness yeah, yeah the star right. witness who everyone praises and I'm like I mean, I hate to compare this to uh, Nazi Germany, but it's like, okay, so you work with Hitler, now you're going to rat him out, <laughs> and we're supposed to praise you. I mean, you the know, were you, were you outraged when you were working in the Trump administration when he was, you know, separating kids from their families? You weren't outraged when he was calling the, chi- the coronavirus China virus. Right. Now you're outraged. So she was secretly outraged the entire time. Yeah, I imagine so. I think the thing that's been crazy, I mean, I've kind of been like peripherally following the insurrection hearings. um, But I, the Secret Service situation, did you hear about that? It's insane. Yeah, the Secret (laughs) Service, I mean, they're they're hiding their texts because they don't want to, some of them were Trump supporters. Basically, they said uh, the hearing was like, okay, we need to see these texts. And they were like, oh, we deleted them because we uh, had like uh, an update for our system oh, and they're God. gone. Oh, and it's ridiculous. like, we all know that's bullshit. Yeah, of like, course We all it is. know that's no. not true. So I hope they, I mean, I mean, yeah. text, I mean, 
you can you can subpoena a carrier, you know, whoever the carrier is to get it. But you would think the Secret Service would be this. You you have this imagery that people who work in Washington are like, hey, we're bipartisan as much as we possibly can. Yeah. We work for the people and integrity and all that sort of stuff, especially if you're, you know, like Secret Service or mm-hmm. I don't know, the chaplain or something like that. And then you hear stories like this. Uh, OK, so fun that times. yeah, fun times. <laughs> Also, yeah. Sesame Place racism. Have you heard about oh, this? Oh, God. I got into a big discussion with a friend about this. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. yeah so. I'm here to learn today, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I have all ears. We got news for you, yes, yeah. Please, please so apparent, teach me. I don't even know where Sesame Place is. Uh, I don't I, know if it's in Florida or whatever. I don't know. But there's a street where there's Sesame Street characters. I mean, they do this in New York, from what I hear. I haven't been in New York since uh, Giuliani cleaned the place up, but uh, <laughs> oh, I, gosh. I guess at 42nd Street, you know, they have these uh, characters who interact with children. And so there's this Sesame Street character who's hugging all the kids, but there are these two black kids, and he purpose he or she or whoever it, under, who's in there purposely avoids them. Well, okay, so what hold the? on. Yeah. I'm going to be the, I'm probably going to be crucified for this because okay. I've actually been a person who's had to wear a costume like that. Oh, and I didn't know this. Okay. I was the Easter bunny uh-huh. for one Easter, and I had to wear a big-ass Easter bunny suit for, like, two days. Mm-hmm. And first of all, with the type of person who was willing to put on an Easter bunny suit, mm-hmm. I kind of question if they're really going to be like, yes to you, no to you. Like, that. that's kind of a jump. That's the first thing. Right. The second thing is, and this is even more important, is, like, when you're in that suit, you... You you can hardly see, to yeah. be really honest. That's like probably you right. have to have somebody who's with you, so you can hardly. So you're kind of like walking around, and I don't know mm-hmm. what the situation. I mean, I saw some videos, but yeah, it it didn't seem so, like blatant. Racism. So their official statement is okay. that number one, they mentioned the same thing; they couldn't see. Although in the video, they could clearly see the white kids. Yeah. Um, but the second thing they were saying is they have a policy of not picking up any kids. Excuse me. Um, I'll, I'll edit that out. Um, <laughs> keep it in. Yeah, keep it in. <laughs> Natural. Um, so I don't know if um, the kids were trying to, hey, pick me up, pick me up, and and person's like, no, I'm not going to do it. The, uh, the optics are not good. Obviously, the woman's going right? to sue, and of course the media's picked it up because, you know, it's, what else yeah. is going on? Yeah. Another thing that's interesting is that apparently there's a heat wave going on. I mean, climate change is, is really real, and I was reading, I guess... It will be uh, the there are those who watch climate change and they're very worried. I guess there's this clock. It's almost like a nuclear clock. And if the world, if Earth um, heats up to 1.5 degrees Celsius more than it is now, there's going to be some very serious stuff. I mean, like, you know, like the the Arctic, you know, um, ice will melt in and all this sort of stuff. And. I guess a couple of years ago, it wasn't going to happen until 2100. Mm-hmm. Now they're saying it's going to happen in the next seven years. Oh, awesome. And that was the nice. news this... Wow. <laughs> this, well uh, done, yeah. yeah, so <laughs> what, yet one more thing to be afraid of. <laughs> I, I'm, so, I'm so full of cheery news or whatever. I mean, oh, but this will be fun news. The Empire Strips Back. Have you heard about this? Wait, is this a, str- is this a burlesque show? Yes. Oh, my God. The I burlesque heard show it, based on it. Star Wars. I want to see this. That's amazing. It's here in San Francisco. Of course it is. Where else would it be? Florida? And we're all going. Yeah. (laughs) 
I think it was based in London, and then they're bringing it here. And I saw like two articles on. I was like, okay, where is, where is this burlesque? I'm sure it's uh, it's somewhere in the Tenderloin or somewhere. <laughs> this gets better, right? Exactly. But uh, no, I, th- I thought that was uh, quite interesting. I mean, why not? You know, the Star Wars franchise touched every facet of life. Why not the burlesque? You know, why not? I hear I hear in Vegas there's a zombie burlesque show. Okay, that is nice. amazing, and people should take off uh, everyone has their kinks right you know? and it's like <laughs> apparently they're so i feel like uh, my friend who was telling me about it mentioned like fake body parts falling off mm, like it's like comedy oh, wow. burlesque sexy burlesque. that sounds great because oh goodness body parts falling off is the sexiest thing i can think of yeah funny and then we have Joe Rogan shooting, uh, saying that we should shoot homeless people. Oh, he God. was complaining about L.A. Um, Isn't he just the best? He's yeah, you know, I, I used I used to listen to his podcast, and I was really? like, yeah, no, early, early, early. Yeah. There was a couple know. early on that I caught. Yeah. I mean, he but... had Bernie on, Bernie Sanders. Oh. So I was like, okay, but I don't know. I think that was like a fake. Yeah, <laughs> I feel I I hear that once he signed his like contract with Spotify. Kinda, yeah, he yeah. just kind of. I've I, never heard anything from him that I was and the, and there's some Spotify folks who quit. I think oh, as wow. a result of it, he's oh, also had Tulsi Gabbard on, so oh. I really oh. think that he is oh the Russian, the obvious Russian implant <laughs> in the American right. government. My God, it's funny when I hear people say, "No, I'm not Republican. I'm progressive." I never know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so, who, who, I who hate people of color, but I'm progressive. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just yeah. What are you progressing towards? Right? I don't know. <laughs> And with that, let's have an origin story. Uh, Jake Gleason, um, where were you born and raised, and how, how did the theater bug bite you? Okay. Um, sorry, I need to snap out of it. I'm, it's okay. I'm, I'm wondering if they've cast the Chewbacca. <laughs> oh, there you go. For the strip show. <laughs> Why, Jake, you, you can want totally to sign do up? <laughs> you can totally do it. I want to audition. <laughs> go for it. I, I do a great Chewbacca. Um, <laughs> okay. I can't do the L. <laughs> I was born in Lubbock, Texas, actually. Dude. Wow. Texas. You're Texan I'm too. From Texas too. Wow. I was born in San Antonio. What? I forgot about that because I was. I'm from. I'm from D.C. You know, my my dad was stationed in Fort Sam Houston. Oh wow! And he left immediately because racism. Yeah. 1969. Wow. wow. Yeah, of course. And uh, so I, I was like, oh yeah, I am from Texas, aren't I? <laughs> Lubbock. So tell me about Lubbock. Um, I can't say much. There's a couple of pictures. We left when I was two. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, there's like a picture of me and the family in the cotton field. Wow. Uh, I gather that it was a dry county. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, my folks were pretty excited to leave yeah. when, when they could. And so I was raised in southern Orange County. Nice. Siblings? I have a, a sister. She's four years younger than me. Okay. And she has two kids. So I'm an uncle to nice. a two Aww. and a four year old. Oh, those Very are cool. Fun ages. And yeah, Madeline and, I bet you're the and cool Olivia. Uncle. Um, I'm I'm one of two uncles. I'm pretty. I think I'm a pretty cool uncle. <laughs> I think that uh, Jakob does a good job too. He's, yeah. He's the other uncle, but he's far away. They're Danish. Oh wow. So oh, wow. I, um, and I'm far away. I'm a few hundred miles away. So sadly, I don't get to see them as much as I'd like. But when we hang out, we party. Yay. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you, um, when you were a kid, did you do like, I don't know, kids musicals or theater stuff when you were a kid? Yeah, I, but not a whole lot. I was into sports. Okay. And, um, and my parents 
what do I have? I guess there's a little bit of music in my family, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but not uh, not a ton. Yeah. I mean, there was a piano in the yeah. house. And you were opera. Tra- you trained in opera, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, tra- I trained That's the right. classical oh, voice. Wow. Yeah. Nice. yeah, I remember that from our last podcast. Yeah, yeah. My, my undergrad was music and international studies, and so my voice, my all right, was, yeah, my instrument was voice and all. and and it continues to be. I mean, you know, teaching children <laughs> kind of like messes with that system but i do <laughs> okay. i do still i still teach voice which is i got back into that right after Very the good. pandemic which is that's awesome really i i'm like oh I, I really enjoy doing that where do you teach voice at uh in whoever's home yeah do you ever teach uh remote like, uh i can i don't i prefer to teach in person because i really i i, I really try to bring a holistic approach and i know that's like cool. a buzzword but i really do try to bring a holistic approach i I basically try to be the voice teacher that i feel like i had great voice teachers but i always felt like there was something missing which is that i I, you when you are your instrument you're you have to take into account your mind your emotion your body like literally everything yeah and i mean i had this one voice teacher that basically sat me down one day and was just like voice is 80 percent, like 70 percent mental if your emotions aren't right, if you're, you know, if you're feeling anxious or anything like that, it's all going to affect the voice. Yeah. So I really try to try to teach my students how what's happening and how to uh, understand what's happening with their voices so that they can just kind of monitor themselves eventually, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about that. Uh, getting back to you, and also, I'm also, uh, my, I grew up, you know, in gospel music. My dad was a, uh, he had a gospel group, and I was part of that for oh, a long so time. so cool. Wow. So we all have music, you know, connected. Yeah. But, but what, about, what about your family so, and music? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have, my mom had played a little bit of piano, and my Aunt Tilly on my mom's side, I'm half Filipino. Wow. And she rips at the piano mm-hmm. she's an amazing pianist and i didn't find that out until a few years ago when we we went to the philippines mm-hmm. at a and uh she had a big party at her house and she put on a little show Aww. and uh a bunch of people sang a bunch of my filipino family members got up and did talents and and mm-hmm. played piano and played music uh instruments mm-hmm. um i sang something what did I say? I sang a, uh, an Elton John song. Oh, nice. Um, but, I was thinking of Little Genie uh, uh, the other day. Oh, yeah. Oh, Little Genie. Oh. <laughs> you got so much love. Oh, that song's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Elton John's fantastic. But uh, when I was a kid, going to church, we would. I was in a little, like, you know, Sunday school. I remember singing and stuff like that. But I actually did chorus when I was in fifth grade. Yeah. In order to like get out of class, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the chorus people could could leave dur- <laughs> during uh, during fractions. Smart man, <laughs> yeah, um, or maybe not as smart as I should be because I was leaving during <laughs> math class. But uh, but we did Oklahoma, and I played uh, I played I played the part of Will in the mm-hmm. in the in Oklahoma. And yeah, I had a kiss scene. Aww. Fifth grade is a little bit weird. Aww, I think so nice. I think we just kissed cheek didn't, or didn't kissed Andrew hand. Did Andrew McDonald do Oklahoma a couple of years ago? Potential, oh, several years ago, I feel like yeah. Yeah, and that was a big, Dang. it was big news because you know, it was uh, yeah. Oklahoma was scandalous. It caused some scandal oh, yeah. at my school. I oh, bet because tell, tell of casting. Okay, so this is the rumor mill, Ooh. but it affected me. All um, right. mm-hmm. So I will not say these people's names, but there was this mm-hmm. one girl whose parent happened to be uh, like 
the fine arts parent and she got the lead but she was not the best pick like yeah, she wasn't mm-hmm. the best singer whatever mm-hmm. um and then another girl who really wanted that role and who's probably like probably really well fit for that she uh, they basically gave her the second pick and then there was me and i was like one of the top singers one of the top performers and it came down to me that my name came up for like one of the top roles and um the this is so messed up <laughs> the drama teacher said that it wouldn't be good to have me as the lead because uh, it, it would essentially we'd have an interracial couple on stage Whoa. and that that was not like the, not that he had anything against it, but it, it wasn't a good look. What? That was what I was told. I was oh, not in the classroom, but yeah, I was really, really messed up. Did wonders for my self-esteem. Let me tell you. Oh my God. The Therapy <laughs> has worked very well since. Oh my God. It was messed. I was, this is like, I was like 17. Like, and this came to me, like my friend was like, dude, dude, like this is so messed up, dude. That is, that is just yeah. disgusting. That is just really, Jeez. it's funny. It, it got me thinking. Texas. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Texas. Texas. But, you know, the things like that, high school and politics behind the arts. We had a, um, and it's, it's interesting because I know that there's some folks from Duke Ellington who will be listening to this. But we had a, um, a chick in Duke Ellington whose mother was married to Marion Barry. Oh, wow. Marion Barry married one woman, Effie Barry, and then divorced her and married a woman named Cora, Cora Masters. Um, and her daughter was in the theater and she was very, very scandalous. And, you know, she went, she took all of the, you know, mainly money, the roles and she didn't do hardly do any work <laughs> oh, <laughs> at God. all. And there was one time where we were doing this production and the director was like, well, we got to use her. I'm not going to mention her name. Yeah. She's going to be the top thing tonight because, you know, Marion Barry is coming to the show. Wow. And it turns out he didn't. <laughs> So she may have just, you know, said that he was coming in, you know, just totally faked it in. But, you know, just politics in high school it's affecting kids is just really, really unnecessary. And racial politics in high school is always unnecessary. Yeah, we had a white um, member of the, um, of the senior class mm-hmm. whom everyone loved. And one girl who's black was like, well, you know, this is an all-black school. We can't have a white, you know president of the senior class and he voluntarily stepped out and I was like that's horrible wow that's totally horrible yeah anyway never mind <laughs> let's, let's get back to you Jake <laughs> he voluntarily stepped down he did because wow. and he, he didn't need to it was really hard I mean, we voted him in yeah he was yeah. a fantastic he was a great classical guitarist wow Chris Sampson I remember his name man yeah yeah it's uh, race is one of those things that like i used to i mean yeah and sometimes it high school is an introduction to race relations yeah yeah Yeah. but i i was gonna say it's one of those things that is so frustrating to me because it's both really important and at the same time completely made up yes you know what i like literally and it's just it's it's so i for a long time and i still struggle to like wrap my head around like because yeah well, the concept of race, I mean, you know, can't we all be human beings? I mean, you know, from a Christian perspective, if, if you're on that tip, we're all God's we're, children, right? You know, We're all homo sapiens sapiens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, did you have to go through anything in high school, uh, Jake? You know, um, I grew up in a very white um, uh, neighborhood, yeah. part of town. Um, I guess I went to two different high schools. Mm. The first one was a Catholic private high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think both schools had like two black guys. <laughs> mm. um, 
but the private school, everyone was rich. Mm. Yeah. And and I grew up pretty. I, you know, I, I, I'm very fortunate the way I grew up, very privileged. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, these kids were rolling up to school in like uh, cars that were more expensive than our house. No, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, and so, yeah, I didn't really feel too much as far as my race. I didn't. I guess our, my grandmother lived with us. Yeah. Mm. Um, people would often in junior high, they would people would prank call the house just to <laughs> hear my grandma because she was really funny and old. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so messed up. But it was pretty messed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm. I'm uh, did they even know that you were half Filipino? Yeah, yeah. They okay. knew there was going to be a funny Asian lady on the wow. other oh, end of the line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess, but I, getting back to me. Uh, <laughs> It just occurred to me just now. I think that might have been one of the, the early, like, uh, character studies for me mm. was my grandmother, and learning how to do my impression of her. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, which I think started from being, you know, maybe a little bit insecure mm. and uh, embarrassed in mm-hmm. a lot of situations. Um, but uh, gosh, I can't. I can't, I, I can remember a couple of, my mom picking me up from mm-hmm. a kid's birthday party and holding out her hand to shake the lady's hand and her not shaking it back. Wow. wow. Oh, what a shame. That was, that, that yeah. was one thing that stuck it's gotta out. It's got to be tough being Asian. I mean, especially coming, you know, like Asian Americans, one thing, but coming from, or really any foreigner mm-hmm. coming to Texas. I mean, uh, God. well, I mean, I didn't, I was two when yeah, we left, yeah, of course, yeah. but I imagine for my mom, it must've been pretty, I think she was pretty isolated. Especially yeah. Lubbock, like Lubbock is like, yeah, that's yeah. like right by, it's like 20 miles from uh, like the Friday night lights yeah. town. Yeah. Oh yeah. Football town, huh? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> um, well, how was coming here? I mean, uh, did you, but so coming here, my mom grew up here in, okay. well, in, in San Francisco and so so what did I do? I, I did the, I did Oklahoma in fifth grade, and then we moved towns to like the the next town over. Um, I guess I was into writing and stuff like that, but I was always sports, 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 and I was basically a class clown. <laughs> right on. I barely graduated high school. I turned into a pothead by the end. Uh, I had enough credits to graduate because I had taken religion at the first high school mm-hmm. and that counted towards something or other <laughs> so so luckily all those f's and like incompletes that i got junior and senior year those uh those were evened out by the by the like the b minus in religion that i mm-hmm. got all those semesters um um there was a there was an assembly where somebody needed my buddy's help uh to say, hey, we need you to play George of the Jungle for this for the <laughs> yeah. sp- sports assembly. Yeah, and he said, okay, well, I'll do it if I can bring my buddy Jake, and he wants to play Mr. Peepers from Saturday Night Live. Remember <laughs> the Chris the Chris Kattan <laughs> Mr. Peepers? Remember Mr. Yeah. Peepers? And so I, I, I gotta I gotta look on YouTube. He was like <laughs> You'll the check it out. ape, like kind of, and he would like eat and be like. <laughs> And he wouldn't talk. Oh, oh was yeah. a real ape? No, he oh, would. Okay. He would act like an. Oh, oh he I would act like a little primate, and yeah. they just put some prosthetic ears on him, and he just slapped his little feet around, and <laughs> okay, and he would go. Bop, bop. 
and he would, they would give him like an apple and he would destroy the apple and like spit most of it out. Uh-huh. That's what I remember the most is him spitting. So. He would spit. There was a lot of spitting. Um, anyways, I, I had a pretty good impression of that. So I went on stage uh-huh. and did that. And yeah. we had like my thing was I had a, I would take a banana and like take a big bite out of it with the peel on mm-hmm. it and then spit it out. <clears throat> and I th- that was my go-to joke <laughs> well into college, actually. I would do that at parties. Yeah. <laughs> Some guy just came into my dorm and took my banana and took a bite out of it with the peel on it. Like, oh, that's Jake. <laughs> what school did you go to, college? Um, I went to, um, that was actually, I was visiting some friends in Arizona when that particular incident <laughs> that particular with the banana. But uh, I went to San Francisco State. Okay. Um, I've actually, I, I went to, okay, so I'm class clown, barely graduated. I went to Saddleback College down in Orange County. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting with my mom and being like, do you want to do college? I mean, yeah, you got to do college, right? And then, well, okay, let's look at some classes. And it was like sort of a last minute. Okay, well, you know, let's take some general ed. Okay, well, let's take a, let's take a, I didn't matriculate. Mm-hmm. Which, so I didn't know where I placed. It was mm. probably at the very bottom like with some of those. But so I took like an English class and a history class and, and on the list uh, that worked with my schedule, I think my mom looked at me and said, well, "You should take something that like just look at look at this list and see if there's anything that you know piques your interest." And there was an acting class. Oh, cool! And so I, so all the other classes, I remember, th- I failed them all. I failed all every <laughs> class. Mm. And, mm. and I remember thinking, like, looking back, I'm thinking this kind of you know a college class. You're supposed to be there because you want to be there. Mm. Yeah. Um, but uh, I liked that you could get up and leave whenever you wanted. <laughs> like you could go smoke cigarettes or you could just get up and leave. Or you could just not go, I learned. Yeah. yeah. And so I was leaving house. I was leaving home and go to my old buddies. Uh, actually, the same guy, the uh, George of the Jungle guy. was. I yeah, would go yeah, to yeah. his house and, I was, and his mom would let me crash on the couch Aww. while I was supposed to be in class. But I would go to the acting class. And I remember going in there and... It's a black box theater. First of all, just an all black room. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Walking. I've never been in a, a room like that. And there's this old guy, this old hippie, um, Dr. Patrick Fennell. He was mm-hmm. a doctor. Yeah. And I remember looking around and, and everybody was a lot different than me. Mm-hmm. I was like a popular kid or, or you know, a party animal. <clears throat> And here are these little nerds and these like kind of music kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And never shut up. We never shut up. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, this is cool. I like, I like these kind of people. And we yeah. had the, we what did we do? We did some little exercises. We did, we did some mime. Was, mm-hmm. that, was that me? Was no, that's me. I I had the internet turned off, and yet my it still bangs. <laughs> okay, go ahead. But so uh, so took the acting class. Ended up doing a couple plays there at Saddleback. Uh, maybe a handful of plays and took like an improv class and took a bunch of acting classes there and really caught the bug, fell in love with it there. And then I moved up to SF State or moved to San Francisco, went to City College. Um, and uh, I moved up with a group of good buddies um, and we lived together. Oh, that and sounds fun. That was fun. And then I and then did some theater at SF State, but I majored in film. Oh, cool. Which I loved. 
Um, but I, you know, after, after college, I had to figure out a way to uh, support myself. I started bartending. Yeah. And then that was cool, but I didn't, what did I do? I, I, I did a lot of acting. Mm-hmm. It was cool. funny. When I went to film school, I did, I helped more people with their projects than I did with my own project. And I was just, I was so eager to act and everybody, and then people caught wind and I'm like, okay, this guy uh, is available, I think, first and foremost, and he can kind of act. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so that was, it, it was like a win-win. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so-and-so would help me, you know, shoot my project oh, or cool. edit it or whatever. Um, but then after school, I didn't, there was like a big hiatus. I didn't do a play for like eight years. Mm. And then I finally went back to, what did I, I was, okay. So my girlfriend at the time was doing all these plays mm-hmm. and I was helping her with her lines at least for a time being. And I wasn't allowed to help after a little while. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> um, uh, I'm too strict. I think. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh she looked she said okay fine you're you're complaining you go what how come i not not do getting anything i don't i want to do play <laughs> and so city college was there and they were doing 12th night and i went and auditioned for that i needed a shakespearean monologue i learned it in like three days it was yeah. terrible is that is that puck i always get uh one no, or two uh, no that's, that's midsummer night's dream yeah. that's midsummer yeah yeah the, um, this is the twelfth mid- night is Malvolio with the yellow stockings. Okay, that's and a that's Vi- yeah yeah. Or what were you gonna say? Oh, just Viola Cesario. Yes, the mixed identity. I, I played yeah. in twelfth. Oh, night. you that's did. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. There was a production of Olivia's Kitchen, which which was an adaptation of Twelfth Night. Yeah, the there's a woman who gets marooned. And yeah. she pretends to be a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. in love with the Duke. And then there's like, but she's got a twin brother. Yeah. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually, if you ever see Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. It's like th- the thing that he's working on next, I think, is oh. what is what they imply. Oh, cool. Because they, I think they show her like shipwrecked or something like that at the end. Oh, and cool. I'm pretty sure they imply that it's that Twelfth Night. That he's working on Twelfth Night. The, the egg yeah. of Twelfth Night is about to hatch. It's so weird to think because, I mean, there's so much love in Shakespeare and, like, mm-hmm. sexual innuendos and the yeah. fact that at the time women were not allowed on stage. You yeah. know, like, That's if you stop and insane. really think about that, it's like, <laughs> yeah. what the Right, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of men in drag, you like, know, yeah. the women. And, Literally. But there's, yeah. There's, like, this level of sensuality that's in the text, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you get into, it's like, did Shakespeare write all that? Was it a woman? Right. Did a woman write some of yeah. that? Because women weren't probably allowed to write either. Yeah. I'm sh- I mean. Uh, they say that Shakespeare is made up and that there's, I mean, that's yeah. an argument that they're Yeah, I've, I, I think I agree with that. Yeah. I think there was a writer, Christopher Marlowe, who um, yeah. was around, around writing at the time. Marlowe, yeah. 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 I think Dr. he Faustus. was gay, I feel like. Maybe, but there may be. Marlowe or Shakespeare? I think Marlowe. Marlow. I feel like I read yeah. that somewhere. But I think the, I read that he, um, you know, he represented that he wrote some of the stuff that that's attributed to Shakespeare. Oh, yeah, I've read yeah. I've heard that theory too, or, yeah, or read yeah. that, or the, yeah, yeah. That he was. So the, was uh, it was it at the time that you know theater was like, hey, this is something I really really want to do. Yeah, I what did I do? I had this, uh, so I was bartending uh, at a restaurant, working all nights. I turned into a raging alcoholic, mm. and. Uh, <laughs> I, lo- I love that Rhea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and part of it is like the hours. 
I'm working like, you know, I had like a Tuesday and Wednesday off. So, so all these random nights. So, so on a, on like a Monday night, I'm getting off work at midnight and everybody's starting to set. No one's out partying anymore. It's just me stopping, stopping into my spot and talking with Bill or Dave or whoever's, <laughs> whoever wants to argue about LeBron James or Michael Jordan or, you know, mm-hmm. so I was just doing that, waking up, wicked hungover, uh, smoking a bunch of weed and going and doing it again. And I was dying inside, you know, I wanted to do something creative. Yeah. Um, so I finally actually, uh, jumping all around, but I, I went on that trip to the Philippines Aunt Tilly, uh, mesmerized me on the, on the piano and then I was like, there's got to be something, there's something in me that's not just, I'm actually a pretty good bartender too. I can, I make, believe I can make really good cocktails. And I actually, I really like mixing. I'm good. I've got a good nose. I've got a mm-hmm. good palate. Uh, How else do you become an alcoholic? I know. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't make bad um, drinks. Well, beer is cheap too. That's one way. Oh. And they sell, <laughs> whiskey's pretty cheap too. But, uh, but no, yeah, good point. But, uh. I went home from that trip and I quit my job without any plan. Wow. And my sister was like, I'll help you out if my little sister, uh, she's she's like my big sister. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> she got her master's degree. She has a good job. She's, you know, she 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 provided the grandchildren, so I'm off the hook. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you the oldest? Yes, I'm the old, yeah. yeah. See, that's the same. My, my youngest sister, she's the one with the big house with a husband and two mm-hmm. kids, and mm-hmm. she's taking care of my mom, and I'm like, okay, you're doing what I should be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. the oldest. Exactly. Thank you, sis. Thank you so much. Yeah. And you're letting me borrow some money when I need it, stuff like that. So uh, she's like, I'll help you out. Um, so I quit. I did, like, catering. I bartended a bunch of weddings and things like that for the schedule. And my plan at the time was to, like, write a bunch and like start making films yeah because that's and that's still kind of a a, a, not kind of that's still a big dream for me um but then i my girlfriend at the time she got me she got me into this audition well just by looking it up on tba (laughs) let me know about it i got into the theater i said okay this will be great this will be like you know when i was doing plays before and when you're in a play you're so inspired Mm -hmm. right yeah and you're working with other artists, and you're, and if you want to write something, it's so great for that mm-hmm. because you're just studying this well-written text over yeah. and saying it over yeah. and over and over and listening to it over and over and over and over again. And so I'm like, this is this is what I'll do. So so yeah, I luck, was lucky enough to get into uh, that theater department in general, actually, because they're gutted now city oh, college wow. is gutted yeah is that right we were Did talking really earlier about defunded it yeah they yeah. are heavily defunded and it's super sad they, they've got this huge proscenium theater mm. um for a while they were housing a really awesome diego rivera mural yeah in oh. the lobby i saw i saw um they have an they're advertising it yeah yeah it's actually on display now at the at the moma which yeah. i saw it there and it was actually really great to see it there you wow. know and where it should be but for years i get to look at it in the lobby of the theater yeah. at city and so that was cool you know they cleaned it all up now it's like yeah. the colors are popping and it's such a shame that like the city doesn't seem to really mm-hmm. value its grassroots arts in a way no. that it really should yeah yeah no and and i mean that's what kind of a 
but the, we're an artist town. Yeah, we. I mean, ideally. Ideally, yeah. And I mean, historically, you get, sure. historically you get the think yes, yes. You get the feeling that it's changing. Um, so, now you said you auditioned for a show. What did you get the, into the show? So I got into Twelfth Night. I played Curio. Uh-huh. It's, uh, I had a few lines, mm-hmm. um, but I was able to watch everybody else. The guy who played Malvolio was fantastic. He, with the yellow stocking monologue, mm-hmm. yeah. everybody that I worked with was fantastic. Um, and then I, okay, so then so then that same semester I got into. Anything goes, mm-hmm. and I and I played Evelyn Oakley, the uh, British guy. Yeah, and and so that's where the studying of the RP and the watching Olivier a bunch and looking up uh, Noel Coward. Oh and, yeah, and uh, yeah. snidely whiplash cartoons. <laughs> um, yeah, but so so there went my plans of like you know filmmaking because because I was very naive to think. That I wouldn't get in there and just like fall in love. Mm. Again, you're going into these rooms that smells like a theater. It's like the black box, mm-hmm. and, it, it, and it's it smells a certain way. It might even be mold. It's dust, yeah. But yeah, there's dust. There's definitely there's a pee on there. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> there's a little pee on there for sure. There's probably some fecal mm. matter as well. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, this turned into a really. I'm like, I've sworn a few times now. I brought up piss. You brought up, you know. I yeah. said mold. You. S- <laughs> yeah. I'm always interested. Usually, I'm the one who brings up uh, poop and pee. So thank I you. I work with kids, so I. I pre- like, oh, all right, all right, like all right. One step away from anything out of my mouth. I did have a question for both of you um, because it's a bit a debate that Norman and I have always had because I studied. You know, theater. I went to school at uh, NYU mm-hmm. and uh, studied um, um, Circle and Square. They they focused on method acting, mm-hmm. and I'm actually reading an re- uh, excellent, interesting book, Me- The Method. Um, but we've had individuals who've been on the show who said, you know, I went to school and you know, schools kind of screwed me up because you know of either racism or you had a teacher who was like, you know, almost turned it into a cult. You know, yeah. my yeah. way is yeah. the way which is totally a wrong way. And there are a lot of great actors who never go to school at all. So I guess my question is, what do you think of, I guess, the academia of going to school for theater? You know, is it necessary? Does it hurt? Because it, cause it does it constrict? Or can you really get by without going to school at all? So I'm actually going to push back on the idea that actors don't go to school. Because even if they don't go to school, they still get coaching. Yeah. And they mm. still take lessons in some form. I see. You know? Yeah, they're still right. taught, but not, so, yeah. not necessarily in school. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually went to theater school. I have a master's in music theater mm-hmm. that I use, surprisingly. But I think, like... And it was my first foray into theater because mm-hmm. I, my foray was mostly voice, which is like um, you know, similar but different. Um, and I agree with you. Like you can definitely have a professor or a few professors that can ruin your love of theater. That can actually happen. I think it happened to some of the classmates mm-hmm. that I worked with. Mm-hmm. But I think that my advocacy for seeking out some form of training is that it really teaches you the ins and outs of the craft. Yeah. So you can, you know, there's certain like things that you do to like get yourself to whatever emotional, um, emotional state that you need to get to. And right. you might come in and be like, yeah, I can totally do this and I have it. But if you don't have some sort of guidance, like if you don't work with an actor who's been through been through those performances or been through I think you are missing out on something and when I lived in LA I noticed it 
um, I could tell who had training mm-hmm, of mm. some kind and who didn't have training. Yeah. People who had training, they had a focus that people who did not have training just didn't have. Right. Yeah, you know? I, to- right. I totally get what you're saying because, you know, there's these, I mean, like, uh, we have an uh, actress, oh, I forget, is it her name, Kay? Um, Kelly? Kelly. You know, she talked about vocal exercises yeah. before, mm-hmm. which is something that I usually do. I love to get into the theater a half hour before either rehearsal or performances so I yeah. can get my vocal exercises yeah. in because yeah. a lot of times when you're on the stage, you don't think about your voice. You don't. But you have to have it warmed up yeah. so that it can help you in your acting. And that's something that you get from training or whatever. Um, little and things I, like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, but I, I know there are some teachers who... They want to take away your bad habits, and sometimes that can take stripping away, you know, let's say a part of you, right, right. to really get to, um, I, I guess, a, a basics there where you can learn My- techniques. And sometimes that process is not um, good, or pleasant at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know I've had to go through it. Like you know, like uh, um, Katina was saying that you know I have a habit of you know waving my hands or you know whatever or being a little too up. And she's absolutely right. And so I have to remember to, you know, tone it down or just trust myself. Yeah, yeah. And that's what good teaching or training can do. Like I said, some people don't take it very well. But what when you went to school, uh, Jake, uh, did you, were there techniques that that really helped you or have you learned more just by life itself? Um, I think, I think in terms of going to school for acting, for, uh, Let's see. I think you you learn by doing. Yeah. So like, for me, at when I was at City College, I did seven shows, and people are like, "What are you nuts in another show?" In like a, in like a three year span. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I watched everybody else, and there were people that that uh, had training, mm-hmm. um, and there were people that didn't, and there was me that was just reading a lot. Uh, Stanislavski or yeah. uh, I got into Meyerhold a mm-hmm. lot I was looking at like that kind of stuff um, and there were people that that had equity cards that, that had expired and they're getting back into it and I think at an acting school you're going to do shows so that's very valuable mm-hmm. yeah the experience I think now I'm somebody that has a ton to learn I would love to get some train, some more training and mm-hmm. learn um you know, vocal techniques and, and I want some tricks too. I need to be, I would like to know how to drop in, you know, and, um, especially in LA, it's like, oh, you need to cry for this audition. Um, and you know, you're, you're just late and stuck in traffic or something like that. You might have to, you might be hungry or whatever else is going on. Um, yeah, you need, you know, these this whole idea of, of method acting and you know, I get sometimes, I know a lot of people scoff at that. Mm-hmm. I, um, what am I, so what am I saying? I guess I, the most I've learned personally, and I've taken a few classes and some things, but is on stage in front of an audience. Yeah. Um, and getting feedback from, from my partner or who are, you know, or you did that thing with your hand again. Yeah. You do that thing with your foot. You're yeah. doing that. Yeah, that's right. You're not standing up straight. You know, you're doing your vo- Yeah, I couldn't hear you tonight or whatever. Or your director. But really in terms of like timing, mm-hmm. timing is one of those things mm-hmm. that the, only the audience can teach you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and so you, so in order, yeah, you might be lucky enough to go without any training and just go out for a part 
mm-hmm. and, and you know get some in a community theater but but you're probably gonna your best bet is probably to do it in, in like a college setting yeah. Um, yeah to get as many reps as you can <clears throat> And I guess it depends on what type of actor you are. I was talking with a good friend of mine, Craig Dickerson, also from Texas. And he was mentioning Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens, I don't know if you remember, um, what was the Stanley Kubrick film? Um, Strange Love. Oh, This was the cowboy who was on the rocket. Oh, yeah. yeah. The the thing going down. And he was mentioning that Slim Pickens was an actor who only did cowboy stuff because he had this Texas draw. Yeah. Hi, y'all. I'm going to do this. He just played himself. Exactly. (laughs) And and he had a whole career of just doing that. And you don't need technique for that. that, That's that. But then there are those. I think we had one person on the yay who actually asked us, do I need technique? And I said, listen, you'll get a script one day which will be, it's almost like lifting a heavy weight. You can lift a 10-pound weight. Exactly. <clears throat> but sometimes the script will be a 100-pound weight mm-hmm. where you will have to play someone who has to cry on stage. And you're absolutely right. You were mentioning that, let's say, if you're in traffic or you're thinking about, I don't know, the fight you had with your girlfriend. Or it's now the 15th <laughs> time you did the show or that that's week. The key, that's yeah. the thing. It's about keeping, it's like about being able to keep it fresh each and every time. Exactly. And I think that and like, continue to discover things. Yeah, yeah. sometimes that's that's unexpected. A lot of times, act like new actors, that, mm-hmm. They, they will say the line as if they've said, like, they've rehearsed it. And it's like, we have to have it feel fresh. And yes. those quote-unquote techniques that we use mm-hmm. are... Because I'm not like, I'm not like a, you have to be a Stanislavski man. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm, exactly. You know, I, I borrow from everyone, basically. Right. But, like, you do... Yeah, that's my point. I can't remember where I was going. <laughs> yeah. But, no, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, you have to find... You have to discover something new each mm-hmm. and every time. I remember one director said, one teacher said, listen, I want you to do this monologue but fix a ham sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, yeah. that's actually yeah. a really good technique Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Unbutton your shirt and button While you're it up. doing it. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, people don't, you know, stop where you're doing and then, and then do something and then, you know, stop or whatever. It's like you're, you're in motion and while you're in motion, you're actually living while you're yeah. acting, yeah. which is what normal life is all about. Mm-hmm. I think also the script is something that um, you learn how to read a script. Yeah. Right? So you learn like... Script analysis. Yeah. You quickly pick up like, okay, what's my character... Why is my character thinking this? And you learn how to find the cues Mm -hmm. or the clues, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should probably talk to the microphone. (laughs) I'm like talking over here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, in the script. And I think that that's something that is not necessarily intuitive. Yeah, you're Good absolutely call. right to Good look call. at a script and know where the, I guess they call it the beats are or yeah. you know, where to put the emphasis. Yeah, script breakdown, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Especially in monologues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just monologues alone is a, is a whole beast. Yeah. yeah. Do you enjoy the audition process? Uh, there are a Does lot of folks anyone who... <laughs> enjoy the audition process? My God. Uh, if they do, please let us know <laughs> yeah. how to do. It's funny. Norman and I were talking. He was like, I get more from actors. He's come talking from a director's perspective. Mm-hmm. When actors do sides, mm. like he'll say, hey, do a side. You're going to work with this actress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me just hear you do a cold read. You know, cold read is also a talent that you have yeah. to have to read so quickly and then, you know, still mm. look at someone in the eye. You yeah. know, it's tough. Yeah. Um, do you do you enjoy the process or? I, I enjoy the practice process of uh, learning a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and just also going back to... Uh, you're keeping it fresh. Mm-hmm. I, well, let me let me let me answer your question. Yeah, no, I don't. It, 
<laughs> it drives me crazy. Yeah, uh, it or it it it. it uh, I'm super self-conscious. I was just telling somebody today. I'm standing up there by myself. I'm supposed to be looking here, like right to the right of the person's head or whatever the you know. You're supposed mm-hmm. to look to the back of the theater or whatever it is you're supposed to do. But then you're supposed to not pay attention to everything that you're else that's going on in your body. And that goes back to what Crystal is saying, the prep, emotional prep or just prep, physical just preparation <laughs> in general. Um, and uh, yeah, I think some of my worst performances I've ever given were in, <laughs> in front of a director for an audition. Oh yeah. I've, I've had some, it was funny. Norman had a very funny story where he does a monologue and he has a routine in the monologue where he knows where he's going to sit down in the chair. He knows where he's going to walk or whatever. And he walks into the uh, the audition uh, thing, and he has his chair set. And he's like, "Okay, so I'm going to do this." And the director's like, "No, move the chair. We don't you know, do move the chair." Mm, yeah. And it totally threw him off. He forgot the lines because he had a routine, and <sighs> yeah, he, he, he totally chair. screwed his routine up yeah. or whatever. I'm sure he got cast anyway, but yeah. but uh, things like that. <laughs> It can happen. Yeah. yeah. Should you fight for your chair in that point? (laughs) No, you should be able to give your monologue without, like, you you need to be able to respond. Listen, guys, director here and a teacher. You need to be able to respond in the moment. That's exactly right. (laughs) I had an audition actually for the drama school that I ended up going to, and they, like, made me do something very similar where they were like, I'm stuck in this. Headset. What was the drama school? Like, uh, so I went to a school called, it's now called Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. Nice. When I went there, it was Central School of Speech and Drama. But they now Royal. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's in London. And yeah. so I auditioned, I think it was like, I don't know, I heard like upwards of 3,000 people audition for this course yeah. that I did. Yeah. It's a really good school if anyone, mm-hmm. and for the listeners out there, fun fact, you can use your federal uh, student loans to study in England. Hey. And wow. it's cheaper because you're only usually if you're doing a graduate degree, it's only like a year long as opposed to two years. That's why I looked towards England because mm-hmm. it was going to be cheaper for me to study there and then it was going to be for me to even go to a state school in texas oh wow so that yeah. is awesome and you get to yeah. get out of texas too and you get to i mean i by then my story is yeah. i hadn't been in, in <laughs> texas for a while oh, all right all right but yeah but yeah like it 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 was a really i mean i enjoyed my time there i know some classmates didn't but i think that's kind of like all graduate programs um, but I feel like I really, like I said, I didn't really have an acting background per se. Like I was just singing, which is a form of acting. But, and I, I feel like I learned so much. And like you're saying, like you have the ability to perform, right? You have that. You mm. don't honestly. School is going to be the one time where you get to perform as often as you kind of do and you fall know? on your face and too. fall on your face yeah You're right which is the time to do it exactly and that's one of the great advantages oh by the way listen to episode 62 to hear crystal's story that was in may 2018 oh, oh god <laughs> I, I definitely will yeah because i mean out of three thousand, and you got in i you, got in. you are fierce that's <laughs> what i i was told now i yeah. had a feeling You've got fierce energy for sure. Thank yeah, you guys. Yeah. Someone told me that uh, I had to actually had a friend who went to London and she met up with one of my friends who I went to school with. And I was like, did you guys talk about me? And she said, yeah, he described you as fiery. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, I, <laughs> nice. I like that. Nice. It, can, it can go, yeah, yeah. either way. <laughs> but I mean, you do need a safe haven to screw up. Yeah. You do. 
And, you know, uh, and if you have a teacher who will allow you to screw up and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm so glad that I got a lot of my bad habits out when I was at, you know, either NYU or Duke Ellington School of the Arts. You know, Mm -hmm. one teacher said, listen, Reggie, I don't even know why. He was like, I want you to strip. Yes. Strip right now. (laughs) And I did it. (laughs) I was in my underwear and he was like, okay, that's that's enough. Because he wanted to see, will you do it? Will you take direction? Like, you're going to do the monologue, take the chair away. You can fight for the chair. But all you're saying is, I need to do it my way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, it's about, here. here's the thing. It's like, it's not about you. Yeah. And I always have to say that to my students. I'm like, it's real. I know we were like, oh, I'm this done. It's like, yes. But the show is not about you. The character is not about you, right? Mm-hmm. So when, to me, not to like, you know, critique anyone. But for me, if I had a student that really wanted to fight for something, I'd be like, listen, that's you as your ego wanting to fight for this. Right. But the character that I might need you to be might not need to fight for exactly. this. Exactly. And yeah. so you need to be able to be willing to let go. Like at my school, we couldn't wear we couldn't wear makeup mm-hmm. and we had to all wear uh, black clothes. Yeah. Right? It was like the uniform. And yeah. the, cool. and in the beginning, I didn't care, but some of the women were like, oh, you look so horrible. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's this perception of who you think you need to be. Yeah. And we have to leave all of that outside. The proverbial stripping down. Literally. And also respecting, you may have a, you may have an image or a vision of what the story is or what your character is, but you still have to work within the vision of the director. Yeah. And the producer and and the cast who have their own versions of what the show is. And it's theater is about collaboration, and yeah. if you're not willing to collaborate, then you shouldn't be in the business. I mean, Definitely. would you agree? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I just I remember taking an audition workshop. That's one of the reasons why I said, "Should you fight for the chair?" It's because uh, this guy I remember I can't remember his name. William David Keith was mm-hmm. his name, <laughs> um, and he was fiery. Um, one of his I can't remember what he said. Something about a chair. He said. He, okay, this is what he said, which is different. He said, when you go out there, if if you're practicing with a chair and you go out there and there's no chair, you should you should be able to say, "Can I have a chair?" That's true too, mm-hmm. right? But I don't. I think yeah, that's different than. And if they say no, then then don't fight them exactly. for your chair. Okay, yeah. so I so. Uh, yeah, I think that's why I... Yeah, well, yeah I mean, there's I a lot to be said. I definitely agree. Being so comfortable that you can, within the context of the, you know, the text and all that sort of stuff, to, you know, try to make it as, to be as, to be as comfortable as you can, mm-hmm. whether it be an audition or an actual, you know, play or whatever. Like, right. let's say, you know, you're in a production and you're in rehearsal. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, I think my character would need a cigarette or yeah. my right, character right, would right. want this or whatever. You should have that conversation with the director who should be flexible enough to say, well, yes, or no, and here's why. Yeah. And then have that conversation. I like that. Yes, or. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Brought to you from the creators of Yes, and. (laughs) That's right. I remember the Yes, and. The Yes, and game. For me, I mean, as a director, I feel like the real magic happens when, like, I might have a vision of what I want the show to look like or do but then the actors give me something new and we're actually co-creating together yeah that's so like cool. that's really like a fun you're like literally you come alive yeah. so yeah i yeah. do agree like nobody you know actors mm-hmm. should be able to stick up for themselves but it's like stick up for yourself but check your ego at the door yeah you're also enough. working with another human brain human being with a human brain inside of it mm-hmm. uh, why not see what you can get from that too yeah yeah Yeah. a hundred percent i mean when when to uh, because i want to talk about it's only a play because when you came into um 
when we did our rehearsals, and I think uh, when you came in to do Suffering Finger, maybe your, your first monologue, you had such energy. I mean, you had a, a very, you were very locked in on what the character is, you know, the British accent and how he is. He's a very, it's an, I'm not going get to in, get into the plot, but <laughs> you're an eccentric director. Yeah. You're a very avant-garde and, you know. I think you have a cape on, you know, when you first come in. Yeah, he's covering himself with a black <laughs> shroud. <laughs> right, exactly. And you can tell what Terrence McNally is trying to say. He's he's creating these... Um, he's very pretentious. These uh, <laughs> these cliches or these, uh, what do you call it, templates? Tropes. Of, or, yeah. yeah, tropes of theater people. Oh, God. The trope of the actress. <laughs> I love it. The trope of the director, the trope <laughs> of the critic. It is a trope of the director. But you get to create your own little trope. Like we were talking last night, I think it was last night, where you were you had watched a previous version of It's Only a Play, and then you said, I'm not watching this. I did catch a couple of scenes of uh, of the... Uh, of the, the... What do you call it? The revival. Yeah. Mm. In 2014, they did it. And nothing against this actor, but as a child star who uh, from a bunch of movies, it's a Harry Potter kid. It's, oh. Ron, it's Ron Weasley from Harry Potter. Oh, played the role. And I, I think he's like probably 10 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not, but uh, I wasn't interested. This is my ego, too. But also, you know, well, I, I typically don't like to watch the... Yeah. But, but, but I almost... <laughs> always take a little peek <laughs> even though i know that i'm not supposed to just to just because i'm so insecure and so i've done this with a lot of different roles um where i just i'm not going to sit there and watch the whole thing and 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 then i'm going to do it my i like to do it like a thousand times my lines i think a lot of you know i just yeah. repetition repetition so yeah. by then i'm not thinking about i can't remember how but early early on i i will I'm guilty of taking a little peek at, you know, some scene on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that with this. I can't remember the lad's name. Um, but he's he's Ron Weasley. And this is his first Broadway play. So I can't help but think, you got this play because your agent <laughs> n- knows. You probably did. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not that he's actually right for the part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Uh, and I wish that I didn't look at it because I, I think I was already on the, my own track. I was going to say the right track, but my own track. Yeah, your own track. I Bef- think you were. Beforehand. I, I really do think you had your, the character set almost at the very beginning, probably before anyone else. I get to, are you a physical actor? I mean, I really think that you, I mean, you sort of, yeah, sort of dive into it. I enjoy uh, looking, looking ridiculous or being made to look ridiculous. Uh, I've... I've I'm tall and skinny. I have awkward posture. I like to play with that. I like I like physical comedy, mm-hmm. um, and I like doing voices. So that's so those two things. Not having training um, and things like that. Uh, those are in my mind some of my weaker. You know, that's what I don't yeah. have. We've well, had some. Training. But you had some training. I yeah. do. Yeah, you're yeah, right. No, I've, you yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I'm not just showing up off of the, yeah. the couch. And the thing is, you're not afraid to just dive in. There, I mean, I think one of the big problems with some of the performances that I haven't liked, actors. Some actors are afraid of looking ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So they're afraid of making choices. Oh no, I, I, I better stay safe. Yeah. Right, and we right. see way too much safe acting. Right. Safe productions. And it's like, 
well, you know, just mail it in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not physical, too. That's another thing. I was actually with talking, I had a brief job at, with a theater uh, with Golden, Golden Thread Productions a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And one of the artistic director at the time, she was like, that a lot of the actors that she noticed, they weren't physical. Like, yeah. they weren't, it was like they were, like you're saying, safe. Like, they were like, okay, I can use my voice, but they weren't putting the character into their body. And, yeah. that, and it's a totally, you know, your character might stand a totally different way. They might pick up a fork a totally different way. The way they have sex is going to be very different. <laughs> yeah, right. So, like, yeah. you have to really, like, that's the mm-hmm. the part of acting that you know you really have to explore as an actor and yeah yeah exactly i was at i earlier this year i did the pair theater uh pair slices a a bunch of one act um plays and i had to play a fish oh fun (laughs) who had been washed up ashore that's amazing and when i first saw the script i was like oh this is ridiculous i'm 53 years old (laughs) but but (laughs) I got into it and I had fun and I, I made some discoveries and I was like, okay, so, you know, I'm flopping around. I'm realizing I'm not this. in the water and okay. <laughs> uh, so I'm talking to a crab who's, a, you know, played by this really uh, great actress, a young woman, and we're making these discoveries. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And the physicality, you know, sort of made it fun. But it also, it's it's yet another lesson that you learn yeah. by doing theater. It's like, yeah. hey, you know, I can I can pick something up from this. So yeah, Sounds like so much fun. Yeah. I played a pig once. Did you? <laughs> and I had to poo on stage. Ooh, not yeah. real. Oh my God. No, not, not real. real. Yeah. Like fake poo. That okay. play. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was the play? Oh my God. That was in school. What was it called? Jeez Louise. The Year of the Pig. Okay. It was written. So you were the star. Oh, sorry, you were the star. <laughs> hey, it was an ensemble piece, okay? Okay. <laughs> was, but we had two casts, double casts, and uh-huh. it was like for like the showcase or something like that for our school. Yeah. Um, and written by one of the professors. So it was wonderful. It was a great play. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but getting back to you, Jake, you still reread it from time to oh time. Oh, my gosh. All feel the, the time. I think about, wow, I wish I was a pig pooing on stage. <laughs> and I remember being like, soon, very, very soon. And then I had to pretend poo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Funny. So you didn't method. Beautiful. You didn't yeah. method act the poo. Fun, actually. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember doing it, and the director being like, "Don't go for the laugh. You actually need to pretend like you're actually pooing. <laughs> if you go for the laugh, it's not going to be funny." Oh, <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> I, have a, I have a funny story about that, but but I'll get. I'll so get you back did to method the poo. <laughs> I was like, "How do I poo?" Oh no, my gosh. <laughs> Taking notes while you're yeah. on the shitter. I'm in the toilet. Oh man. That's great. So, so I did a monologue. It was a uh, the Berkeley City Club. I don't know if they're still around anymore, but they usually have these readings of these books. So I was reading this piece, and it was pro... How do I say this? It was pro Jim Crow. I was supposed to be a. I was a black guy who was proudly pro Jim Crow, and I was flying my Confederate flag. Were you Uncle Ruckus? And I, I, and the director who was guiding me was black, and I was like, "Wait a minute, um, this is this is ridiculous. How could I wait? Hold on, so many questions. (laughs) I know." And he told me, you know, after doing this, playwright that I'm familiar with. Yeah, but he uh, later told me, "Well, you know, this is a comedy." And I'm like, oh, I've been doing this serious all And it's like, that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted you to be serious. I wanted you to believe in this. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Now I get it. 
<laughs> so he was trying to, he was basically faking me out as a director, I you know, basically. Because yeah. I told you, because basically, as he said, if I told you if it was a comedy, then you would have played it as a comedy thing and you would have played everything up and it wouldn't have been yeah, good. Yeah. I needed you to play it serious That's as possible. Hilarious. I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're like, what did I get myself? <laughs> I know. Into? Trust me, I've done that many, many times. Like, yes, I got cast. Oh, wait a minute. What, oh, what God. By the young actors, please read the whole play before you say yes. get into it. But um, getting back to it's only a play. I mean, I remember you, there was a monologue and you were almost off book immediately and you had the character all set. And uh, oh. so it sounds like you had a lot of structure as far as just training and and preparing, preparing for. Yeah, uh, that's nice of you to say. That's um, true. Yeah. Thank you. Well, and I likewise, you remember a couple of weeks ago, I came up to you and said, hey, thanks for being that guy. Oh yeah, who's on their on it with their script and is kind of uh, it was clear on day one that you had put a ton of work in already. Aww. Yeah, even at the read. Well, that's Love fear. <laughs> we do have a lot of lines, <laughs> and fear creeps in. It's like, okay, I've got to come in game ready. Yeah, <laughs> I have. A I can't l- screw around. I have a lot less lines than you do, but no, yeah. Thanks for helping me come up with my answer. Um, I have this. I have fear. I I actually have people talk about the dream of being on stage and not know your lines. Have you ever had that nightmare? No. I have those. Oh. Like I wake up, I was uh, I'm in a I'm on about to go on stage and I don't know my freaking lines. Really? And I've I've had that like even before I was in a play, like in the my during my hiatus time, I would have these theater dreams of like not knowing um what to do. Uh, and like my God, well, because I did have a, I one time I had an audition at SF State. I auditioned for uh, to play Stanley. They did Streetcar. Wow. And uh, I didn't make it to the callback mm. because I, I thought, wow, well, I know this monologue, and I was young, and I was like, I'm not. I'll just go in there and let it rip, and I and and they needed two contrasting ones. So the one I knew. Uh, and then the other one, I was like, I tried to learn it in a few days. I didn't realize how I was very inexperienced at the time. I didn't know it. And I I froze. And I had to just look at the guy and go, ah, oh, yeah, I've. Aww. I yeah, I'm good. That, that is crushing. I, um, when I did. There was Musical Cafe, and I was actually uh, one of the producers because I'd written uh, a mini musical, and so oh, we were cool. casting. This poor woman, uh, she she was a black woman, and she was going to do a monologue, and she like three times was like, "Oh wait a minute, what is that line? What is that line? What?" It, uh, I, it was, and she was like, "I'm sorry, I just can't." And we were Aww. like, "Well, you know, um, thank you, and you know, we have your resume, yeah. and you know, we'll give you a call." But it was very clear. I mean, there's some folks who just don't have the training, and they they don't know yeah, that's where the what it takes. I th- I think they just don't realize. I, there was a guy in the first play at City College. Uh, uh, where he said that he would, he said that he didn't he didn't know his monologue yet until he could do it. Uh, he said that I think it was either two hundred or five hundred times was his number. Hmm. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna do two hundred times, five hundred times. Mm-hmm. And then I learned as I so then I've always done that ever since. It's just, but then I learned that I never at some point you lose count. I'm not mm-hmm. sitting there being like, yeah. okay, two hundred and eighty, but <laughs> yeah. But at some point, I probably far surpassed 500. I think yeah. the point is just to do it 
until it's not in your brain anymore. It's actually in your fingers and toes. Yeah. And like your bones. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Crystal, you may not have had the nightmare of not knowing your lines, but let's say not hitting the note. So I actually have Mm. experience in all of these Mm -hmm. things. Um, So I actually auditioned once for a Weston musical and forgot the song halfway through mm. and called got called back so wow my i didn't ultimately not get it my point was i literally was just like <laughs> i forgot this i yeah. can't believe i forgot this <laughs> oh my and i'm gosh. auditioning this makes no sense and they were like it's okay and i they gave me a moment to like take a breath and i just you know still did it and well, uh-huh. i didn't think i was gonna get called back and was really surprised that i got called back yeah you, um, you killed it and I guess. then it was i guess and then i've actually forgotten my line in 12th night nice. um at Ber- with at with actors ensemble Berkeley, I was really struggling with anxiety at the time. I went through this weird period where, like, I my anxiety was just like through the roof for no mm. reason, and I developed stage fright, which wow. I never had growing mm. up. Like, mm. I just went through this crazy period. That's wild. And so it was happening at the time. It might be a twelfth night thing. It might. Uh, it might be. Who knows what was going on? But um, yeah, my life story. So. <laughs> We'll talk later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually forgot like a few of the lines. <laughs> and I remember I was saying like part of it and then the words just weren't there. Mm. And I was just like, I can't fuck? remember exactly the line, but I said something like, and horrible things. Like I kept the intention going. Mm. Yes. yes. But I just used, and I was like, horrible, bad things, bad, bad things are going to happen. Now, did the other actors cover for you? Uh, No. Ooh. I mean, they, they like yeah. said their lines afterwards, yeah. but the audience ended up laughing. Oh, good. Because it was obvious that I had forgotten. Yeah. But my point was that if you keep the intention, yeah. it doesn't really... <laughs> doesn't really matter you can say whatever you want right and so i think and then so i think like a lot of times that's but that's part of that like training component also the training because at that time when i blanked on my monologue i I didn't bother to look for the intention i was just trying to memorize the so when i froze i was like shit i guess i'm done and yeah. if you have the attention, it'll carry you yeah. through. Right, right. You know. Do you guys remember the very famous Ella Fitzgerald version of Mac the Knife, where yes. she's on stage, she forgets the lyrics oh. midway through, and she basically just, uh, I don't know the I've lyrics done, of yes. the I don't know, but da, 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 and she just scat, and she just made up the lyrics as she was going on, and the crowd went wild. Yeah, that's amazing. And so, the, and you know, that's a lesson of intent you know keep the intent yeah, going yeah, yeah yeah and then like you know for learning your lines there's like actually quite a few really fun techniques that like can help you learn your lines super quick and one of them is what do you got um so like where you were saying where your director was like uh make a ham sandwich while you say your lines, right exactly right so that's something that i will do like if i get a like a monologue or something i will sit and eat i will make i will do yeah. it to yep. say it you I know the exact same thing the, right it's really good and yeah. then there's um this is annoying one but it works if you're like i gotta learn this super quick it's so annoying but it works um <clears throat> you take your script and you <laughs> you say like you eat it you eat it you digest it <laughs> put a little hot sauce on it and then boom in your head um but you break down the line so that you're like uh like let's say the line is i eat coffee you say like i i eat wait you don't eat coffee i i drink 
I drink coffee. I drink coffee because I drink coffee because I'm I drink coffee because I'm addicted. I drink coffee because I'm addicted and like so you you oh, interesting. keep yeah. going, you go back over. It's really annoying. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna lie. But I'm sure it works. But it works. And yeah. especially if you're doing a monologue and you're just yeah. trying to learn. It's yeah. like it, it gets it into your head. That, that gives you those hundreds of times for exactly. sure. Exactly. And that and it helps you connect the thoughts and it helps mm-hmm. you connect the the dots and the thoughts mm. yeah so and your word like, perfect by the end of that too exactly exactly anytime yeah. i have something that's like long and i'm like oh crap i have to memorize that's that's my go-to or if i have to memorize something super quick mm-hmm. like that's my go-to automatic for the really long pieces that's great i never thought to but it makes perfect sense i've always just taken one line at a time and like if i have two weeks to have this thing and it's you know 14 lines it's a line a day. Yeah. So I'm just going to be in the shower being like, I, Edward, will use women honorably when he were wasted marrow bones and all. Yeah. And that's the line that I'll do all day. Mm. Yeah. And then the next day is uh, is whatever the next line is of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, and then obviously after, that's my plan. And then in like a, a few days, you can start doing a few more and a few mm. more. Mm-hmm. But But one word at a time. It really works. I've had to. Yeah. I got cast in a show one time. This is when I lived in London, and I had they like fired. <laughs> I don't know what the situation was, but they fired some of the actors. I think there was like mm. this inner conflict with the actors and director. They fired some of the actors, and then they hired myself and another girl to replace them. And so we literally had like three days to learn, Ooh. and it, it was a main Oy. role. Like we're both main roles. I was the sister of. Someone who's trying to be a boxer is like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, I mean, that was a lifesaver. Yeah. Because it was like, crap, I got to get this wow. today so yeah. that we can rehearse it tomorrow <laughs> so yeah. that we can go on in two days. Right. right. Oh, my God. It was intense. Yeah. Question for you, um, Jake. Um, so you've been at the Altarena. What other theaters have you uh, acted in? I have uh, worked at Custom Made. Okay. Down when it was off of Union Square. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then I was in uh, a production of The Cherry Orchard at... Oh, nice. Ips- Ipsen, right? Chekhov. Uh, no, Chekhov. Chekhov. Chekhov, Ipsen. I get them two mixed up. Yeah, Go ahead. two white very, guys. Very, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that one got closed at February th- or March 13th, 2020. Oh, wow. We, oh, got, COVID? To, we got to do uh, half of our run for uh-huh. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, where, at, where was, that was at Town Hall Theater in Lafayette. Hey. Hey, oh, cool. I've got a poster for town. I've got a couple of posters for town hall. You do? Did we talk about town? I don't. Yeah, because I did a Civil War Christmas. Yes, musical. we did talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Don Monique Williams directed oh, wow. me, and also Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. So cool. Yeah, I'm sh- okay. I'm going to look at that poster. I'm sure that I know somebody that you worked with. Yeah, we had a big cast, but um, it's a shame. COVID nineteen cut it cut it down. Yeah, just like everything else. Yeah, right. uh, and we got to do half of our run. I was talking with Kelly last night. Yeah, she was in a show, and they were two days away from their preview. Oh no! And they and they had to stop. Yeah, Aww. we had one week cut off for doing pair at slices at the pair theater because oh. somebody got caught COVID. So, I'm actually filling in for somebody tomorrow. Oh, is that right? With Actors well, Ensemble of Berkeley, they're doing Fortinbras. Where? Uh, oh, uh, where? I don't know. Kensington, Actors. Kensington Amphitheater, Kensington, California. Awesome. Mill El Cerrito. I'm gonna have a script, but is like, that the yeah. same one that? Oh, Yo, you're gonna in? be on book. Yeah, I'm gonna be yeah, on. You're book. not gonna do your trick yeah. tonight. No. <laughs> <laughs> is that the I'm same thing? Am I getting the? Um, <laughs> am I getting the same? Is that is that Ron? Because Ronnie is in. He's not in Fortinbras, is he? 
No, no, that's not what he's. No. Okay, he's in something else. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, no, don't. He worry was about supposed it. to text me. Yeah, no, I yeah. don't think that's the one. Um, wow, that's exciting! Break a leg. <laughs> Thank right you. on, Thank right you. on. You're doing all sorts of cool things I'm this year. Doing yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you do you do you private coaching? I do private coach. All so right. I mean, I'm so, gonna hit you up. Yeah, please do. I like. I literally quit teaching theater for like seven years at the school that I worked at, and. Um, I started my own theater program and then that has, <laughs> that's been like a little, it's hard to work for yourself. I'm realizing, um, but I do private coach and I private voice teach voice. And then I was telling Ron, uh, Reg, I got an agent recently. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right yeah. on. Just, uh, I would love we'll to hear see how long. That. I mean, I'm just like, whatever. I'm just doing it until I can't do it. Anymore. No, no. Hey, that, 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 is, that is just fantastic. And yeah. obviously you're not struggling because you have a big smile on your face. Well, you know, I learned. The She's key, an actor. I, I cry every night. No, I actually, I so I did this experiment this year. I was like. I'm not going to worry about money. I'm just not going to fucking worry. Like, I'm right sorry, on. I'm swearing. Don't worry about it. Um, I don't know how long it's going to last, mm-hmm. but I, I, it worked. Yeah. Jobs came to me. Um, I need to make more money over the next few year, months, mm-hmm. so I'm probably going to have to start Yeah. But you're paying bit. the rent and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Like, but you'll probably get one of those uh, voiceover gigs, though, too. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Dude, I saw one. It was like $30,000. Stop. Oh, I goodness. was like... <gasps> Oh my God! If I I had an orgasm just looking at him, I was like, Oh my God! Oh, if I had that, that that would be awesome. I'm gonna orgasm just thinking about somebody getting that. <laughs> Send it my way. That's Send where I'm at. Way. Exactly. <laughs> now, Jake, let me ask you this because we got to close it up because it's uh, it's a uh, we're we're having a great time. It's we about are. an hour and a half. Yeah. But um, is the theater is Bay Area theater treating you well? Are you getting the roles that you want? Are you frustrated? Do you want to go to L.A., New York, all that sort of stuff? Do you want to get back into film? Um, I, th- I think about that a lot, but I, I had a couple years being unemployed and smoking weed and <laughs> uh, drinking on my couch, so to speak. I don't have a couch. It's my bed that I'm sitting on drinking. Mm-hmm. It sounds cooler to sit here on the yeah. couch. <laughs> um, I'm so grateful to be in a play at this moment yeah so and they called me invited me to the callback mm-hmm. i think that uh kimberly had my headshot because I, w- I luckily went to tba generals oh, right, right before the lockdown oh, yeah awesome. which was a great Smart. timing for that yeah mm-hmm. um and and i'm actually going to uh, audition tomorrow for oh, uh, a nice yeah. family gathering at alterina again Yay. Yeah. Um, so, is but, that the one being directed by Ridgeway, Kimberly? Yes. Ah, yes. There we go. Yeah. Do you know Kimberly Ridgeway? I don't. Yeah. Well, she's not yet. Awesome. She's she's been doing all sorts of cool stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Fierce black woman. Oh, go ahead. Awesome. But so, um, uh, all that being said, yeah, it's treating me. I mean, I got contacted, pulled off of the couch to, and I just a f- f- kind of a side thing. I heard a couple times ago. I heard uh, there was a guy that was working in the marijuana, the cannabis. Um, oh, you heard my last podcast, Giancarlo, I believe was Giancarlo. His name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sounded like a really cool dude. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's and it's funny. So he had a little uh, care bag that he brought. It's one of the covets <laughs> of the yay that he gave to me. <laughs> oh, I that's I don't awesome. do weed. What? But my dad does, Aww. and so I didn't even tell him. And it's close to his birthday anyway in August. Nice. I sent it to him. He didn't even know what the package was. I'm amazing. I could mail it in doing USB USPS. Yeah. yeah. Where does he live? D.C., Washington, D.C. Oh, is he going to get 
Is it legal? It's legal there. I feel like. Well, yeah, it's but legal I mean, in Maryland. Okay. but I mean, but just transporting it because usually they sure. z- they um, they no, check check it check you, the boxes out. You can transport weed. Oh, via this is something I learned like twenty yeah. years ago. <laughs> I, well, That's obviously because awesome. he got it, That's and awesome. he, I got a text from him saying, "Wow!" <laughs> so he, he had a ball. Thank you, Giancarlo. So that is so cool. <laughs> but in any case, yeah. So uh, cool. if anyone's interested, I, I should get his uh, his business uh, so that people can send well, business his way that's uh, i'm very pro weed but my thing was going to be i was going to say that I, I i was doing too much of it yeah um and so i finally decided it took me like two weeks to get day one under mm-hmm. my belt of not smoking it yeah and on that day this is like a crazy coincidence but on that day i got the email from kimberly ridgeway the casting director for our show hey and said hey come on into the callbacks yeah and i was like wow on the fr- on the first day of me not doing the thing that i can't that that that, that uh, i can't act when i do that mm-hmm. so it's like yeah, yeah it was kind of a cool sign for me and so now mm-hmm. i've uh, so jumping back in it so to uh, going or dancing around your question yeah it's treating me just fine, I think. Yeah. Um, but I'm just starting out. I've looked at a lot of the. I've heard a lot of horror stories about all kinds of th- people in in uh, in the Bay Area. Um, I think we're lucky. There's a lot of theaters in the Bay Area. Yeah, there is. I would like to go to L.A. and like maybe you know try to get in some TV or something like that. Um, and I think I hear there's some theaters down there too. There are. I used to be in one, but I think it closed during COVID. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But there's still there's like lots of stuff out there. Are you still in the Bay Area? I doing? am. I am. Well, yeah, you are. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, I guess for me personally, I'll find out. Yeah. I'll find out. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you are incredibly talented, and, uh, you know, you have a oh. lot of energy. Thank you, And sir. you have a lot of focus. You know, it's not like the energy that can't be controlled, and uh, we have a lot of fun. And, you know, when you come on stage, I mean, you know, you really draw a lot of attention, you know. So, oh, that, you know, that. those are all wonderful, uh, wonderful attributes. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the show, and it's been great working with you. Thank you. Um, yeah, we have definitely have some couple little moments yeah we do <clears throat> i mean there are some moments written where you have with uh virginia with alicia mm-hmm. and um and you know you you connect i think you know there 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 are terence mcnally does a good job of having these scenes where each act character connects with each other character he does he does yeah, yeah he doesn't leave anybody yeah that's right that's right every every character connects yeah and uh, and you know, Sir Frank Finger is definitely one of those characters where um, he just draws all sorts of uh, attention to him. I'm trying to do two things at the same time. <laughs> I was like, what are you <laughs> uh, can I just quickly say, sure. uh, Reg, I love you and hate you because you put all this food on my side, oh. and I have been steadily <laughs> eating. Well, hey, a, lo- a lot of, of a lot of guests don't, so it's well, like I'm okay, I got to do it all myself. To. But I try to be the good guest, you know. You have a great. Host. My mom, my mom always you. says, you know. If you gotta have guests in, you gotta yeah. feed them. So this is delicious, <laughs> all of it. Thank you so much for having me. I feel really privileged and honored to sit here in between the two of you. Oh, thank and you. And Crystal, I'm gonna have to get your info. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. This is the place to do it. Um, we, shout outs. Uh, I you, we usually do birthdays. The reason why Norman isn't here, for those who don't know, he is busy doing um, the San Francisco Mime Troupe. 
Oh, awesome. Oh, nice. I saw they were performing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So he's been doing that, and I think he's the lead role. So, you know, he's, that's amazing. That's been taking up his time. That's so cool. Yeah, I have a friend so, in that as well, actually. Yeah. Oh, cool. I yep. really wanted so, to go. So uh, there's some birthdays. Uh, so we usually do shout-outs on birthdays. Um, a mentor of mine, Caroline Stephanie Clay, we graduated. Uh, she has the same last name of mine. I have no idea if we're related. But we, uh, she's, a, <laughs> she's an alum, alumnus of uh, Duke Ellington School of the Arts, and her birthday was on July the 20th. Happy birthday. Uh, Stephen Collins, uh, I've reacted with him in, um, I want to say, is it Playwrights Center for San Francisco? Yes. Uh, his birthday is, was on July the 21st. I think I know Stephen Collins. Can you click on him? Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, We're stalking you, Stephen. Yeah, I know Stephen. Yeah. Happy birthday, Stefan. I'm sure he's in something right now, but he, he's been doing all sorts of... Oh, he's, he's fantastic. Excellent, excellent uh, I've character s- actor. I've, he's a great character actor. I've seen him a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. So, upcoming birthdays, uh, Katya Rivera. Um, I love Katya. She is... I forget who she's married to. She's uh, Robert Estes. Robert Estes. Yeah. That's right. Of... of um, Anton... Anton's well. well. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Matter of fact, uh, Robert S. has bought a yay jersey, so thank Did you for he? supporting. Aww, he's so cool. They're both yeah. so cool. Katja's birthday will be July the 24th, so happy birthday, happy Katja. Birthday. <laughs> also, Tom Ferris, I've acted with him at the Douglas Morrison. We did 110 in the Shade. Oh, cool. Uh, his birthday will be July the 25th. Happy birthday. Um, Lindsay Marie Schmelzer, uh, she was actually the musical director for um, Women on the Verge of Nervous Breakdown. We also acted together. In Civil War Christmas, she um, is a fixture at the Town Hall Theater. Aww. You may know her. Um, but in any case, her, her birthday is July the 26th, and she was on the A. So, Yay. Uh, and who else do we have? Noah Hayden. He is affiliated with Ray of Light Theater, and his birthday is July the 27th. I think he was, at one point, the artistic director. Um, oh. We had Sydney Schwint on. She is a um, a sword master. She oh. uh, teaches a sword play. That is so cool. Uh, awesome. And it's it's kind of rare for a woman to do that, but yeah. it's very very cool. So her birthday is July the twenty eighth. And that is that. And there are some shows Ooh. that are going on. Of course, I'm going to. Push... I saw Ed Decker down there. Did you already say Ed Decker? Oh, I don't know Ed Decker. Uh, here, let me bring it, him back up. He's the creative uh, director for NCTC. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It okay. was down there. I saw it. It's down there, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. There's some shows that are going on. Um, Norman's show, Back to the Way Things Were. I was trying to think of the name. Uh, that is going on now until September the 5th. If folks want to see that, we have a link to that. It's an outside show. So I'm not sure if it's free or not. Uh, maybe they're paying for seats. I'm not sure. But there's a link, so you can click onto that. Also, Bindlestiff Theater. You mentioned you were half Filipino, Jake. Uh, have you ever yeah. worked with Bindlestiff? No. Why is that a Filipino? Group? Yeah, it is a uh, the one and only Filipino-owned uh, theater company Whoa. in the Bay Area, and I believe in the United States. And they've been wow. going for thirty years. Wow, right, Bindlestiff, I'm coming for you. Yeah, I just <laughs> finished doing a show there, and uh, you know they they now are doing a show called The Path, a new cult comedy. They are working alongside the Awesome Theater. I think the Awesome Theater is renting out the Bindlestiff space. Cool. So that's going on. Um, they open July the 15th. They'll uh, be going, continuing until July the 30th. We have a link for that. My good friend Bridget Dutta Portman is teaching Cole Ritt 135 workshopping and performance class. Mm-hmm. She's basically uh, a fantastic playwright, and she's also getting into writing children's books. Oh, awesome. So uh, she's teaching cool. that class until, oh, well, Sunday. today's the twenty t- till today, so I guess <laughs> today is the last one. But also, she is also doing a um, 
new threads reading series at the golden thread i think she has a piece in that so that'll be august the 9th through the 30th and we have a link for that central works is doing dreaming in cuban Hmm. uh gary graves is directing that steve ortiz and we had him on the show he's in the show i believe he's the star of the show and that'll be going on until uh july the 24th which is only that's sunday yeah so uh check that out SF Shakes, Much Ado About Nothing, that'll be going on until August the 7th. That opens July the 23rd. That's tomorrow. Richard Jennings is the composer. Alan Coyne. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Alan Coyne uh, is in the show. Yeah, I know Richard Jennings. Him and I, uh, he, when I did Musical Cafe, he runs Musical Cafe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Follies. Uh, if you're into uh, Sondheim. Such a good show. Yeah, San Francisco Playhouse is doing that. That'll be going on until uh, September the 10th. My good friend Eiko Yamamoto is in that. Cool. Um, Rent, Landmark Musical Theater. That's going on. That'll be going on until August the 14th. A good friend of mine, Marla Cox, is in that musical. Where is Landmark Musical Theater? Uh, you know what? Let me click onto the link and find out. Musical theater. Uh, Ooh, Follies. Uh, my friend Emily Corbo is in Follies. Is that actually. right? Yeah. Oh, cool. And then uh, my and other friend named Jill, um, I forget her last name, but I believe she's a swing for Follies, oh, awesome. too. Yeah. That's yeah. Such a, it's such an intense, fun musical. Oh, my gosh. I don't know it, yeah. but I love Sondheim. Yeah. Yeah. Landhart Musical Theater is at 231 Frederick Street in oh, San Francisco. It's in San Francisco. Okay, cool. Yep. Awesome. And uh, last but not least, of course, I'm going to push It's Only a Play, <laughs> The Altarina. We hey. open August the 12th to September the 11th. I'm in the show. Jake's in the show. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, a couple of friends of mine have podcasts going on, so don't just listen to the yay. A good friend of mine, Barry Grays. Barry was my uh, Richard Wright in my play, Four Men in Paris, a couple of years ago. Oh, cool. He is doing The Black Man's Heart. He, that's his podcast, so check that out. Also, Mallory Samara, that's our consulting producer, her day job is KCBS Radio, and she oh, cool. has a political, a weekly news podcast called Connect the Dots, so check that out. Bindlestiff Studio has the Fobcast, exploring Philippine-American immigrant stories, so check that out. That is it. Jake, uh, did, you have a, did you enjoy yourself? I did. Yeah, thank right you. On. Yeah, this is this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for all the snacks. And, and yeah, the yeah, company. and be sure to take some home. Yeah. And uh, for those who uh, want to, <laughs> those who want to buy jerseys, I have jerseys. I have the black jersey. I have the white jersey. It's going to get hot out. So why you got to nice... be racial like that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. I have the pinstripe jerseys, but who, you know, uh, where's where's your brown jersey? Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So check that out. It's only $30, and uh, you can hit me up, um, Venmo me, and um, if you want a jersey, check that out. And you can also check the pictures of those who have jerseys uh, to see how what it looks like. Um, we're on all podcast apps. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, the SoundCloud app, so check that out. The Yay is created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up. Our official Twitter feed is The Yay 3. I'm at Reg Space Clay. Norman is at Hoosier Hoosier. Uh, Crystal, do you have a... uh... Yeah, I mean, theater for life. I'll be starting. I keep saying I'm going to be starting classes. I don't know when. But if Mm -hmm. you want to work with me, if you want to do some voice acting or some voice lessons or some um, just some acting lessons or coaching, I can help with a script or anything. Um, yeah. Anything else that I'm doing? I'm trying to think. Oh. Do you have a personal website? I do. It's theater for number. F- I I have two websites. 
uh, theater for number four life.org mm-hmm. we'll have a link to that explains all of my stuff and yeah. then crystalbrown.info is my acting but Not theater yet. for life I actually like <laughs> So for those who need a director, and actress, or you want to, you know, (laughs) if you want to uh, need a coach for your vocal stuff, you can't go wrong with Crystal. You really can't. Jake, (laughs) uh, do you have social media uh, that people can reach you at? Um, Instagram, Twitter? (laughs) I have an Instagram. Yeah, it's Jake Glee. J-A-K-E-G-L-E-A. Right on. And you're also on um, Facebook. And I'm on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, yeah All right. Me. Well, the sun is setting, and I promise to get you out of here before the sun sets. Uh, it is a wonderful <laughs> evening, a wonderful Friday. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. And as Norman and I always say, we got to find a better sign-off. And we are... <laughs> Bye! <laughs> We're out. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>